Everybody and welcome to Vegan Snack Attack. It's me, John, and I am here with a fantastic new friend of mine, Caitlin Gaylor Unty. Hey, what's up? Hey, John. So, uh, <laughs> Caitlin is actually joining me uh, through the magic of the internet and Skype uh, because you're in Barcelona. Is that right? Yes, I'm in Barcelona, Spain. Whoa. So, <laughs> how long have you lived out there? Uh, since June of 2015, so almost a year now. Wow, okay. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Caitlin is the mastermind behind uh, the website The Vegan Word. Uh, she wrote the book The Essential Vegan Travel Guide and so much more. Uh, so you are really the uh, the whiz when it comes to vegan travel. Um <laughs> How what's it like to be uh, kind of a voice of authority in the world of vegan travel? Um, it's amazing. I think only a few years ago, when I started my website in 2011, and there were so few people talking about vegan travel, um, and now see stuff about vegan travel everywhere. You've got um, magazines like Driftwood talking about vegan travel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just even just a few years ago, it was, it was just a really small community. So yeah, it's great to see it grow. Absolutely. Uh, prior to starting the website, had you done a, a lot of traveling or was it something that you were just like, I'm a vegan and I want to know more about traveling, but there's no resource. So maybe I should just start one myself. Like how did it all kind of come about? Um, so done quite a lot of traveling about a year before I started the website. I traveled through Asia and Central and South America. Um, and yeah, there were resources out there. I mean, Happy Cow, obviously. Was yeah, shout out to Happy Cow. <laughs> uh, saved me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there weren't that many people talking about it. So that's kind of how I got started. And how long have you been a vegan? Since 2008. Cool. So eight years now. Yeah, that's awesome. I so let's go back just a little bit further back in time. I uh, how did you decide to make the 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 move into veganism? Uh so I actually first learned about veganism when I was 13. Mm-hmm. Um through the the wonders of the internet. <sighs> uh, <laughs> and I was brought up vegetarian. So I've been vegetarian my whole life, and I always loved animals, and so I thought that I was mm-hmm. doing everything that I could. Um, and then when I was 13, I started reading about factory farming and was really traumatized. And so I went to my parents and I said, you know, what do you know about veganism? I think I want to go vegan. And this was um, 2000. And they were like, oh, it's kind of weird. I don't think very many people do it. Really? <laughs> bad for you. <laughs> Really? Well, where where were you uh, born and raised? In central Illinois. Okay. Uh, the middle of the cornfields. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, 
but that's surprising then that somebody who was growing up vegetarian didn't have like I don't know if the, your parents weren't a little bit more in touch with the going things a step further. Uh, mm. How did they decide to raise you vegetarian? Were, how, were they vegetarians their whole lives? Uh, so they went vegetarian in the 70s for, for health reasons. Mm-hmm. So they'd started reading, I think, um, Diet for a Small Planet and, mm-hmm. and a few other books. And so that's how they progress. And I guess they just never really saw it from an ethical perspective before. Um, so they were just, they were just a bit bewildered by the whole vegan thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't end up going vegan then. I sort of, uh, I did it when I was, when I was at college, but my parents are actually vegan now. So. Oh, really? Did you have a hand in that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, I I wish that I was raised vegetarian or vegan, but I the I think that the best that we can do is to, you know, when we make the decisions ourselves, and rather than someone making it for us, just to kind of educate and be the voice. And who knows, maybe people will listen and decide to try it on their own. Was it a hard sell for your parents to switch them over to veganism, or were they just like, did they decide on their own? Um. They decided on their own, I think just by seeing that it was easy for me, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of, one of the things that held them back when I first brought it up was like, oh, that sounds really difficult, you know, how can you make a meal without cheese or egg <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> um, and then they saw that actually it's not hard. Right. And so many new vegan products have come into the market in the last few years. I think that's helped them and probably oh, a lot of other people make the transition for sure actually a friend of mine was just visiting um the united states from the netherlands and she just recently became vegan but she said that where she is in the netherlands it's hard to find uh some of those uh newer vegan foods uh do you find that that's the case in a lot of places outside of the united states yeah um I feel like you don't get as much choice. It depends where you are. Like uh, Berlin is amazing for, for vegans. It just happens mm-hmm. to be a vegan paradise. They, they've got stores that import all sorts of new things. Here in, in Barcelona, for example, there's a vegan supermarket near my house, so I'm pretty lucky. All right. Um, but they don't have you know as many of the newer things, like the vegan egg that just came mm-hmm. out hasn't been imported here yet. So... Yeah. But, you know, it's okay. We get by. Sure, absolutely. Uh, and where were you before you were in Barcelona? I was in London for seven years. Oh, okay. Uh, have you lived anywhere else outside of uh, the United States that, that's worth talking about? <laughs> no, these are my, my main ones. Okay. And then what was it like uh, living as a vegan over there? So London was, was great. I actually moved to London, I guess, like six months after I went vegan. So I had Whoa. six months of being vegan in the cornfields. <laughs> yeah. And then I got to London and it was like this whole new world of vegetarian restaurants and vegan shops. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I uh, I did an episode of Vegan Snack Attack with uh, Sean, Fat Gay Vegan. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was in London for only one night, I just planned it all around meeting up with him. And man, oh man, did he... Uh, feed me well. He gave me <laughs> lots of great snacks and uh, I bet. 
there's it seems like there's uh a lot going on over there that's worth worth talking about um and prior to to moving there had you done a lot of traveling just outside of you know doing your vegan travel type of stuff or uh was that kind of what got you into moving around a little bit moving to london um, I've done a little bit of travel, but uh, I think moving to Europe sort of yeah spurred me on because then once I was in London, it was really easy to get cheap flights around, mm-hmm. and then and then after a while, I was like, oh, I want to explore further afield. I want to go to Asia, so uh-huh. it kind of builds on itself. You get the travel bug, and then and then you can't get rid of it. Yeah, I'm actually heading to Italy in a few days, and. Uh, uh, I saw on your vegan summer travel guide the very first page of anything is all about Rome, uh, <laughs> and I I'm just like oh my god, this is going to be so great. This is going to be so fantastic. So, do you have any uh, Italian vegan travel tips for me? <laughs> uh, where in Italy are you going? Which uh, starting in Rome and then going up to Venice, going over to Turin. And then down uh, to a little village uh, just east of Genoa, Florence, and then just back to Rome for a night before flying back out. Wow, amazing. Um, well, I think there, there are quite a few vegan restaurants in like Rome and Florence now. But even outside in other parts of Italy, there's lots of you know, naturally vegan options. So like in most pizza places, you can get a pizza a marinara that's just uh, pizza base with tomato sauce and there's actually there's a really good um post my friend wendy of nomadic vegan did mm-hmm. so if you look it up have you seen it it's like the best italian street foods that are naturally vegan i think i may have seen it when i first started researching my trip but i should definitely take a look at it now that i'm actually about to head out um mm. now aside from the vegan restaurants i uh, i know it's probably pretty easy just to get around uh what are some things to ask for? What are some things that maybe, or maybe some places where people may know a little bit more about the vegan lifestyle? Or is that a lot more common out there than it is in the United States, especially places like uh, the middle of the country and corn country? (laughs) Um, I think it's, not necessarily as known, but a lot of Italian dishes are quite adaptable to uh-huh. to being vegan anyway. So like a lot of um, pasta dishes, for example, they, they don't tend to necessarily put cheese on, on uh, every pasta dish. So if uh-huh. you can find like a tomato sauce and make sure that, that it's completely vegan, because they do sometimes put ham, I think, in the sauce. So I've what? read... <laughs> Yeah, just a little bit of flavor, just a little bit of ham. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't mean it's not vegan, though. Oh, yeah, come so on, just guys. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, have you have you ever been duped? Have you ever thought that you were getting some sort of amazing vegan dish, and then either halfway through it or when you take the first forkful, notice mm, something's not right here. Um, I'm pretty cautious. Mm-hmm. I think because I've been vegetarian my whole life. I wouldn't know if something was meat. So I tend to dissect my food a little bit. Yeah. So, like if I go to a Chinese restaurant and I get a spring roll, I kind of like cut it open and I'm looking at it and going, 
does that look like meat? Uh-huh. If I'm with someone, I'm like, what is that? What does that look like? <laughs> well, that's good. I feel like getting duped would be the hardest thing, especially if there's a language barrier, because then you can't ask, like, what is that all the time? Especially if you're in a place for your first time and don't have a super good grasp on the on the language. Um, yeah, I think the worst sort of duping story I've heard is a friend of mine who was in Thailand and she went to a, a pizzeria and explained to them she wanted a vegetable pizza without any cheese. Um, you know, was the base made with dairy? And they're like, no, no, the base is just flour and water and yeast and we're happy to make you a pizza without cheese, no problem. We'll just put, you know, some extra vegetables on it. It'll be great. So she was eagerly awaiting this pizza. She was really hungry. They brought it out to her and it had all these strange lumps on it. And she went, what's that brown stuff? And they went, uh-huh. oh, it's chicken because you didn't want the cheese. We gave you free chicken. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, you know, some people, it just takes a a little bit more uh, explanation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So how long ago did you write your book? Um, So I started writing it a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, but I published it last December. Have things been going pretty well so far? Yeah, it was a a really amazing experience. because I, like I said, I've been working on it for a few years. Uh, I mostly wrote it hiding away uh, at my old job. I kind of be like, oh, I'm going to a meeting <laughs> <laughs> over in the corner. <laughs> um, and then I was after I left and I moved here. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Uh, so I like laid out the whole thing. And when Great. I held the first copy in my hands, I was. Like, oh my God, it's a book. It's amazing. <laughs> how, did, how did you do your research for it? Um, so a lot of it came from my own experience um, of, of travel, but also talking to other vegan travelers. So I've included some, some anecdotes in it about, um, about my own travels and about some other things. So like I have a friend who's been vegan since the 90s, and she told me stories mm-hmm. about vegan travel pre pre-internet right oh man quite interesting (laughs) can you even imagine i i can't i can't even (laughs) fathom how that works well she uh i guess they had internet but not you know not google not happy cow anything like that so she was on chat rooms talking to people whoa okay oh how do you find vegan food in in rome or in paris and she ended up making friends with a guy who was going to paris and he had no idea how to find vegan food there and she had a copy of a vegan Paris book that huh. was only in print in the UK and this guy was in the US so she ended up faxing him the entire book page by page wow oh man that's pretty neat yeah yeah so do you have um any I know that you said that Berlin is a really good uh vegan hotspot are there any other places that you would recommend people must go to if somebody had never left let's say the united states and they needed to go to one place and then that was it where would you tell them to go <laughs> um so i've got a list of the top vegan travel destinations in in the back of the book um there are 10 of them but if i had to choose just one i'd probably say berlin um Taipei is another favorite of mine. Really? Yeah. What about it makes it one of your favorites? 
Um, well, I love Chinese food, so that helps. Okay, well, that does help. But there's so much vegan food available, like way more than I expected, because mm. quite a large por- portion of the population is either vegetarian for religious reasons, because right. they're Buddhist, or some people, I guess they practice vegetarianism part of the time as part of their Buddhist practice. So there are a lot of vegetarian restaurants everywhere. Um, just walking down the street, you just kind of run into vegetarian restaurants. So like every mm-hmm. block, you pass a new one. So you don't have to, I don't know, spend as much time on Happy Cow plotting out, you know, where to go because you just run into vegetarian restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the food is naturally vegan because they don't tend to use milk in, in their cooking. It's a very and, American thing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And uh, eggs aren't, aren't generally considered vegan under uh, Buddhist terms. They're not considered vegan under Buddhist uh, terms. Sorry, not considered vegetarian. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Obviously not vegan. Yeah, I was just like, oh, man. What is, how does that change things? So uh, what would you say are the most difficult places to be vegan, aside from Illinois? <laughs> Illinois has improved a lot, actually. I'm sure, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, I guess Central America wasn't, and South America weren't as vegan friendly. So, like Argentina is, you know, the Mm -hmm. land of steak. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And while you can find vegan food, there's there's just this obsession with meat. Um, The supermarket in Argentina is like half meat. I'm not even joking. You yeah. walk in, it's like you expect a produce section and a meat section and, you know, aisles with canned food, whatever. And no, it's just like a meat section, like a little bit of food off to the side that's yeah. not meat. <laughs> so uh, is that the type of thing that maybe you could predict might change? Do you feel like there's a community out there that would uh, try to, change the way that things are or is that kind of a culture where it is what it is i think there's definitely potential for change i mean there are vegan restaurants there and it seems like it's growing maybe not as quickly as in other places but Mm -hmm. um i don't know i suppose in a way if you've got something that's that strong as part of a culture and you get uh, countercultural movement it kind of strengthens the movement in a way because they're they're fighting against something that's so pervasive yeah if that makes sense sure yeah i mean it seems like it'd be quite the struggle but i mean there's got to be a vegan community anywhere you go right mm, so, definitely i guess yeah. you just have to go over to their places and have them invite you over for dinner <laughs> <laughs> just bang on their door just be like let me in i'm hungry <laughs> There's meat everywhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I heard from um, a friend of mine who's from Argentina, not about Argentina, sadly, but he was saying Chile used to not be that great for vegan food, and in the last mm-hmm. couple of years has grown massively. Oh, yeah? oh that's so, great. you know, it's next door to Argentina. Yeah. It's got to trickle over, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Um, now, I know that when I tell some people, like, oh, I'm going to fill in the blank, wherever, a lot of people will say things like, ooh, that's got to be tough for you, right? And, you know, sometimes I'm just like, you know, 
It's like, well, I always manage to make things work. What do you? How do you usually answer that question? I'm sure we've all gotten that question or that comment. Uh, how how would you deal with something like that? Um, I keep telling people that I actually think I eat better since traveling as a vegan. Um, because I think prior to going vegan, I was happy to just go anywhere and just kind of sit down in the first restaurant that I found. I didn't put that much thought into it. Mm -hmm. But now I actually eat better because I look up places ahead of time and I go to restaurants that that look good, that have good reviews. So if anything, the food, the quality of the food that I eat now as a vegan traveler is better than traveling as a Mm non-vegan. And you don't think that there's really any places where it's impossible? No, because there's always going to be something, even yeah. if you just get some fruits and vegetables and, and beans and mix up something in in your hotel room, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I hear a lot of the kind of pushback whenever something comes up like Japan uh, people always say like, oh, well, there's, you know, dead animals hanging from everywhere. You can't walk down the street without seeing, you know, ducks just like hanging from things, which is ugh, so nasty. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> it's the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, but we're smart people. We have resources. Um, I don't know if your experiences have really, uh, I mean, obviously you've had good experiences uh, and enough to be able to write a book about it. But um, what, what would you say if, um, has there any, has there ever been a time when you've really been in a position where there's just absolutely nothing? You can't really find anything. I guess one of the, there was one time where I thought, Oh, I'm not going to be able to eat tonight. Uh-huh. And that was in a in a really small town um, on an island off the coast of Scotland. Really? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, anywhere else in Scotland, in like Glasgow is actually a really, really vegan-friendly city. For example, it's been voted the, the best city in the UK for vegans. This was a tiny town of just a few thousand people. And... I looked up on Happy Cow before I went there and there was a vegetarian, a mostly vegetarian restaurant that had mm-hmm. vegan options. So I was like, okay, no problem. I'm going to go there. There was a health food shop as well. So I mm-hmm. thought I can stock up on supplies. And when I got there, it was closed for the season, both the oh, health no. food shop and the restaurant because I'd gone during winter and they're only open during the summer season. So I thought, no problem. I saw a Chinese restaurant. I'm just going to go there. Mm-hmm. And it was closed. Because it was a Sunday. (laughs) Oh, no. And so I went back to an Indian restaurant that I'd seen as well. And that was also closed. Then I went to a a pizza place that I passed by. And that was also closed. Because it was Sunday. So just everything was shut. Oh, wow. This tiny town. Um, And the only thing that was open was that there was a pub attached to the inn that I was staying at. And I just thought, there's not going to be anything there. And I thought, I'm just going to go to bed hungry. That's, that's just going to be the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I passed by a supermarket. And I was able to pick up some hummus and bread. It wasn't an exciting dinner at no. all. Hey. But it was something, you know. That tasty, nutritious. It sounds good to me. I mean, especially when you think that you're not going to eat. 
<laughs> being able to find <laughs> hummus and bread is a game changer. That's like the best meal you've ever had at that point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine it. Well, I can imagine uh, just like the disappointment of being let down after like one after another after another. Uh, that's wild, though. So in uh, your book, Essential Vegan Travel Guide, uh, is it mostly uh, written as anecdotes or is it just like a, like lists? Like, how is it kind of broken up? Um, so it's mostly advice with a few anecdotes thrown mm-hmm. in. So I go through, um, how to find restaurants, so like how to make a list of, of places from happy cow to other, other sites you can mm-hmm. visit. Um, looking at blogs, reaching out to people on social networks, on couch surfing, um, other ways. And then I talk about, uh, how to choose where to stay and uh, emergency recipes that you can make. So if you do get in a situation where you can't find anywhere, um, I cover how you can make couscous in a coffee maker, for example. <laughs> Ooh, that's very interesting. Uh, so you, you were just saying that you uh, advise people on how to find places where like to stay. Uh, what is, when, when trying to find a place to stay, what are things to look out for? Uh, or is it just a matter of contacting hotels? Is it, um, what are the things that you are particularly looking out for when looking for a place to stay somewhere new? Um, so one of, I mean, it depends where you, you're going, but if you're going to a place that has a, a few vegetarian and vegan restaurants, one of the things that my friend taught me to do is look at a map of all the restaurants that you want to go to and then choose a place that's near them. Okay. That's that's so easy. Kind of backwards. <laughs> Most people choose somewhere to stay, and they don't sure. really think about where other things are. Have you uh, done a lot of research also into different types of hotels and maybe some of the things that they offer if they have uh, vegan soaps and shampoos and that kind of stuff? Or uh, how do you really navigate the? staying places as a vegan in that way Mm, yeah I mean that's is that just a lot of bringing your own stuff (laughs) I always bring my own stuff um I did stay in a place in Berlin that was like an all uh eco-friendly uh hotel and all their soaps and things were vegan but that's quite rare Uh uh, unless you happen to be lucky and you find an eco hotel or you go on Airbnb and mm-hmm. stay with vegan, for example. Um, I talk about, about toiletries in the book as well, about how to choose what to pack, um, and make sure that you have vegan stuff with you. And if you're flying, for example, you might want to make sure you have non-liquid items with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know what I need to today, Go pick up a copy of the book. I have been slacking. I need to go get it. I see it. <laughs> oh, no. um, I believe I've seen it at maybe Herbivore Clothing here in Portland. I think I've seen oh. it there. Uh, but it's available on Amazon, right? Yes. And through Barnes & Noble as well. Oh, cool. It's Barnes & Noble. Still kicking it. Still alive. <laughs> still there. <laughs> Hanging on. They just got to keep on selling more of your book and they'll just... They'll just uh, be around for forever. Uh, 
Now, how, where do you see things going from here now that the book's been out for a little while? Are there going to be more editions of it? Are you just going to uh, update your blog with any more uh, things that you find out? What's what's going on uh, from here on? So I'm planning on, uh, yeah, I'm doing an updated edition yeah. for 2017. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I found out so many things, especially since the book came out. I've gotten in touch with a lot of new people and people get in touch and say, hey, did you know we have a, uh, like a vegan surf camp in France? And, you know. What? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to hang out there. I don't want to <laughs> actually do any physical activity, but just want to hang with those people, right? <laughs> I think they have an option for that actually. Just okay. Chill and you don't have to surf. Just eat eat some nice food and yeah. sit on the beach. <laughs> that sounds like fun. So I uh, so that's cool. So you are you working on that right now? Yeah, I'm working on that and I'm actually working on a vegan guide to Barcelona. Oh, cool. A separate standalone book? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh yeah, you know, there's so many travel guides. Uh for every place in the world, but there are so many pages that are wasted on us vegans. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it's so nice that, you know, you're out there and you're, you're doing the hard work for everybody. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, especially uh, because I do work for Driftwood Magazine, uh, being involved with something that sheds such a, a bright light on how possible it is to travel and experience the world as a vegan. I, I feel like everything that comes out about that topic is always going to be a good thing. Uh, Anything that can be done to just help us all out and make things a little bit easier for people. And I think that it's also wonderful for people who aren't vegan to, to learn about this stuff too. Uh, do you know if you have a lot of people reading your book or going to your website who aren't vegan or maybe vegan curious? <laughs> uh, interesting you should ask because I actually just did a survey um, of people on my email list okay. about whether they're vegan or not. Um, and I would say I haven't run exactly the numbers, but I'd say about half were vegan and half weren't a lot of those were vegetarian or interested in becoming vegan yeah. only a few like you know hardcore omnivores reading but <laughs> but i feel like those are the people that it's most important to reach out to mm-hmm. um i mean obviously you want the vegans to be reading it because they're the ones that absolutely need it but for everybody else it's kind of just an encouraging way to say you know, you don't have to really sacrifice anything. You can do this too. Um, but yeah, so you've been getting a pretty good response since the book's been out. Yeah, it's been going really well. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Like I said, I've met a lot of new people, uh, yeah. gone on some, some podcasts and talked to lots of new people. So it's been cool. really good. And I, so you, you just recently moved out to Barcelona. How did you decide to move there just because it's such like an awesome vegan Mecca? <laughs> um, well, I came to Barcelona the first time in 2011, and mm. it was completely the opposite of a vegan Mecca. It was really not very vegan friendly at all. Um, there were just a couple of vegetarian and vegan restaurants, and I spent most of the time just eating... Uh, 
pasta and bread in my hostel and crying. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I remember finding um, a place that sold falafel, and I was just like, "Oh my god, look, it's vegan!" Oh, yeah, <laughs> falafel. I think is one of those universal things where it's just like once you find it, it's like, "Yes, <laughs> I have arrived. I will eat all of the falafel now." Um, cool. Well, I so, want to yeah, thank. So I was just going to say that was um, it's changed so much in uh, the last four years. That was 2011 when I decided to move out here last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that it was a beautiful city, and I loved the the city, the architecture, and the the vibe of the city. Uh, but what I found out is that it's suddenly become really vegan friendly. Yeah, uh, there's and- so many new places opening. It's crazy. And uh, have your parents been out to visit and enjoy all yeah. the, the vegan goodies <laughs> all, all out there? What's your favorite place in uh, in Barcelona to to eat? Um, Sorry, I asked you like two questions in a row without <laughs> even waiting for an answer. Uh, so my parents came over Christmas oh, okay. and we, we sampled all the vegetarian vegan restaurants and they had a really good time. Uh, and my favorite place... Um, I'd say at the moment, it's probably Green Spot, which is a new place that opened about a month ago. Um, and they do really amazing uh, curry that they make from scratch. So they, it's like a Thai-style curry. Huh. It's, it's quite hard to get here, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, are there any places out there that have more traditional Spanish uh, food that is done vegan? Or is that kind of something that you're still waiting on? <laughs> Um, I'm waiting on a place that's all traditional Spanish food done vegan. Yeah. There's a place called Sesamo that does, they do tapas, they do vegan mm-hmm. tapas, um, but they do uh, some traditional things and then some things that aren't traditional. So they have the tapas, but then they also have like an Indian curry dish. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of a mix, but there's not one place that just does only Spanish food. So someone. Well, yeah, should- but it. That that's true. They absolutely should, but it's nice to know that you can go to some places and, you know, know that you're safe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's um, there's a little takeaway place near my house that does very traditional stuff. Uh, it's called Vegetart. Oh and, yeah? <laughs> yeah. So it's not really like you can't have the full restaurant experience, but their food is really good and it's really inexpensive and it's all uh, traditional stuff and it's just a couple of euros. Uh huh. So. That, wow. That's one of my favorite hidden places. Nice. <laughs> now I've told everyone. Yeah, everybody knows now. <laughs> uh, so now you've lived in London, Barcelona now. Uh, I'm assuming that if you had to live anywhere else, Berlin, is that would that be the next <laughs> spot? Berlin. And actually, I've always wanted to live in Italy just because I oh, love yeah? I love the Italian language. I love the, mm-hmm. the country and the the food as well. So, and uh, within Italy, where is your favorite spot? Um, to live or to travel? Uh, let's do one of each. What do you got? <laughs> so to live, I think I'd probably choose Rome mm-hmm. because um, I think they have more of a vegan scene going on, more like vegan social stuff, and more vegan restaurants. Um, and it's a beautiful city. Uh, really fascinating history. Um, in terms of travel, 
Rome is, is a good option. I mean, if you're going to Italy, you should go to sure. Rome, probably. Um, but uh, Sicily is also okay. a really nice destination that people don't always go to. I went there a couple of years ago, and it's, it's really beautiful. It's yeah. not too full of tourists, and you can find like beautiful little beaches that people don't really know about and little villages. So. Yeah, what's also nice about, like, say you had to live in Rome, boo-hoo, uh, <laughs> it's a nice, like, central point where you can, you know, get to places up north, and it's probably just about the same amount of time you get to places down south, and, you mm. know, you're also on the western coast, so you're close to Sardinia, so it's kind of like an Italian hub, um, mm. but... Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to go. I apologize to everybody listening who's just like, oh, enough with Italy already. But I'm very excited to be going there for the first time. So leave me alone. <laughs> uh, it's going to be great. Oh, I'm very excited. I may bug you via email about some about some extra things. Um, Please. Enjoy all of the gelato that you can in Italy. What are uh, some of the best gelato spots out there? Oh, mm, most of them... Are pretty good. There are some famous ones in Rome. I can't remember the names off the top of my head, um, but most of them tend to have vegan options. Like the fruit flavors tend to right. be vegan. Um, but I think in recent years, from what I've heard, it's been a while since I was um, in Italy. But I've heard that a lot they're becoming a lot more aware of veganism and lactose intolerance. So they're starting okay. to make things like with soy and rice and coconut milk. So. Right on. I think that I did. In my research, uh, was it called like Blue Ice Gelato? I think that that's like a chain out there that mm -hmm. has just a bunch of vegan options. Uh, not only fruit-based stuff, but some of the more fun stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah. I love hazelnut. Hazelnut's a really good flavor. Who doesn't love hazelnut? It's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, thank you so much for chatting with me for a little bit. Um the vegan word is all of your social media and website stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you were so nice to offer the listeners of this podcast a, a bit of a discount. Um, so if anybody wants to go uh, check out the book and get a 10% discount and a free vegan summer travel guide download, uh, you can go to the veganword.com slash vegan snack attack. And look at that. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there anything else before we, uh, before we, before we finish this up uh, that you wanted to tell anybody listening? Um, if you have any sort of destination specific destinations in mind, if you go to theveganword.com and you look at travel, I have it broken down by country, so you can see. I don't have all of the places I've been. Uh, but I do have guides to some specific cities and countries. So hopefully that'll help some people with their travels. And if people have their own vegan travel anecdotes, should they uh, let you know about them? <laughs> Maybe they'll be in the next book or two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you have any amusing stories or horror stories that hopefully have a good ending yeah. um, or tips, uh, tips of other things I should know about. Yeah. Please send them my way. Um, you can email me on Caitlin at the veganward.com. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin. And thank you everybody for listening. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, see you next time. Vegan.